What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he did not yield. So the challenge continues. It's Arturo Zarita. If only I was as buff as, uh, how did he get buffer? Then he was in Creed. Yeah, that's the thing that kind of amazed me. Uh, I was reading about it, and he said he put on 15 more pounds of muscle after Creed. He's going to take it on is the gonna, Russian in Creed 2. Is he going like... to have to lose muscle to play Creed again? That, that's kind of insane. How are they going to get a Russian in Creed? Because I think they're following up uh, whatever the, the Rocky movie was. It's supposed to be the son of uh, Draco, who's supposed yeah. to come in. Well, right? did you see Sylvester Stallone release that uh, promo image, like the poster for Creed 2, I think? I have not. Yeah, it's got a glimpse of the guy that they uh, hired for playing Drago's son. Looks like the original Drago is going to be in it, maybe as Drago's son's Rocky figure. I mean, Uh, but when Creed is that huge, this other guy's got to be like the rock size. (laughs) So, I don't know. Yeah, they got to find somebody big. Some, they got to do some. Anyway, it is Black Panther week here on the Intercut Podcast. We're going to get into it during our topic of the week as well as some spoilers, uh, mm-hmm. but that's not until later. First, we're going to hit you with the yay or nay, some Netflix stuff, some box office stuff. But first, let's start with what we've been watching. Art, anything new? Uh, pretty much just Netflix stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw when we first met. I think it's how I keep messing it up. I keep saying like different things. I know we had brought it up in a previous show. It's the the one where it's the Netflix show where he or movie. Oh, where the Adam Divine Groundhog Day. Adam Divine thing. Groundhog Day King Box in it. I'll say this: I did not think King Box not bad as an actor. Like for these type of movies, he's he's actually not bad. And now mm-hmm. you know Vine to YouTube to to movie star that that's you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash on someone's success. I'm not a big fan of his vines, but he he was fine in this movie with Adam Divine. And I will give it this: while the first like you know the first half of the movie it's definitely repetitive, it's cheesy, a lot of jokes miss. I have been saying that Divine's like the new uh, Jack Black or wants to be the new Jack Black. I see a lot of. Similar mannerisms and such. Um, I am a sucker for time travel romance movies, like about time and stuff like that. And I really dug the ending to the movie. It's not a fantastic movie. It's like Mm -hmm. I give it two and a half stars, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think anybody who's going to see the trailer is going to think that this is some, like, yeah. New classic romantic <laughs> 12, comedy. Twelve monkeys. No, but like I, I wanted to put. I almost put it on the other day over the weekend. Just like it seems like a good lazy Netflix watch. So I think I'll probably like catch up with it. I think you like the if, ending. If you're recommending it, I'll definitely try and catch up with it. Uh, I also have a quick Netflix recommendation: the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale just oh, started. Oh, first back one, right? Up. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one episode so far, but uh, we've already got cameos from guys like Kevin Hart, Jason Priestley, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alison Brie, there's a whole little community thing going on there. Uh, and it's funny, I mean, like, if you watch The Soup, it has a particular brand of snarky looking at reality TV uh-huh. and clips like that humor, uh, just sort of pointing out how ridiculous some of the TV that Everything. we in other countries make is. Uh, and it's just kind of funny, kind of 
easy watch. It's a it's very like calming, dumb little thing that I, I enjoy having in my life when it was the soup, and it's basically the same thing now on Netflix. Uh, it's also a kind of break from the norm for Netflix and that they're going to be releasing one every week on Sunday, kind of like they were doing at the Chelsea Handler show, but now they've got that, and they've got uh, the Letterman show going on. So Netflix is putting out some things periodically now. It's a Not interesting to shift. Completely, yeah. We might I think talk about cool. that more a little bit later. Oh, Okay. Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's cool. I'll check it out. I know the first episode was up there. I just haven't seen it yet. So Yeah. Did you ever watch The Soup? Were you a fan of that? I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Yeah. And and that's the thing to me. I was I was like, okay, he's very snarky. Maybe now I might like it since right. my snark levels have have uh, gained throughout the years. I but mean, I remember it is being a little like, bit mean. And if you're a fan of reality TV, I can, a I can see bit. maybe finding it uh, yeah, distasteful. But so so seeing him like go into actor mode, I was like, oh cool. I, I I was still seeing him. Then after years, I was like, you know what? He can hold his own outside of the snarkiness. I'm glad he's finally made it back into Netflix and he's doing this again. <laughs> yeah, Netflix has to spread that money around somehow. All right, let's get straight into the yay or nays. Let's not waste our time. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Primarily, Black Panther. We'll get mm-hmm. into the movie a bit more during our topic of the week, but we want to talk about the box office because it had big, big returns for its first few days. Yes, uh, Black sir. Panther roared at the box office with the fifth highest opening weekend gross of all, all time. time with $201 million. That beat out Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie, and it came in just Good. under the first Avengers movie mm-hmm. as Marvel's second highest grossing opening weekend ever. Uh, the total gross of Black Panther now, I believe, is up to $235 million, which already makes it the just highest grossing film the, high, the highest grossing film of all time from a black director, uh, beating oh, out straight easily. out of Compton, which made about 210 during its entire theatrical run. Yeah. <laughs> so four days. Y- your, your man Coogler is, is in the stratosphere oh, right now. I'm so I feel like that guy can do pretty much anything he mm. wants to. Uh, Art, obviously we're, we're excited for Black Panther and for the people involved with it, but yay or nay, you expected Black Panther to do so well at the box office. I did not think it was going to make record-breaking numbers like it did. Yeah. I was expecting 160, 170. I heard 190. A I was lot like, of people were projecting like between 160 and yeah. 190, maybe. I was like, yeah, no doubt it's going to make that. This, mm-hmm. this goes above and beyond. These aren't like... Yo, look, I can make it numbers. These are like, you are go, I, king of Wakanda numbers. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, you're, you're with me, right? When we've talked about, like, we, we don't really root for so much a studio or a movie. I root for, like, people who I want to see grow. I've been following Ryan Coogler since Fruitvale Station. I remember Same. hearing, like, yo, this little movie went at Sundance. I got to go to Sundance. Now I'm an avid Sundancer looking for the next talent just like this guy. I love seeing how much he's grown and for him to make these numbers is insane. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's exciting to see a talent like Coogler, Mm -hmm. a still emerging filmmaker. Blow up. uh, Blow up. I I retweeted this on the Intercut timeline, but Sean Fennessy of The Ringer tweeted out, is there any filmmakers who can really compare to Ryan Coogler's trajectory with three films going from Fruitvale to Creed to Black Panther just getting more and more uh, difficult and if if I may and I don't want to say because you had brought this up a little bit earlier what's next for Ryan Coogler 
I hope it ain't the Book of Henry Part 2. <laughs> yes, please, hopefully not. I mean, I have a little bit more faith in him than I did in, uh, what's his face, uh, Trevor uh, Colin, sure, yeah, Colin Trevor. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, you know, this is definitely a good sign. Uh, it's it's going to mean that we're going to see a lot more of Black Panther, I'm mm -hmm. sure. And there's people even talking about the potential uh, for spinoffs or extensions of it. I, I, I'm excited for this should give Coogler an opportunity to do new things. There's been rumors yeah. about him uh, trying to do a film with Michael B. Jordan as the richest man in history of the world, an African king. Uh, have, you, have you heard their thing? They're well, so adorable, it, dude. Michael B. Jordan's like, yeah, you know, Coogler messaged me about playing a villain. And I said, yeah, before I even knew what it was for. And they're like, oh, you guys work really well together. And he's like, yeah, we're going to make all our movies together. And I was like. I'm so excited for them to be Scorsese and De Niro or Scorsese and DiCaprio. Right? That's dope. No, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, Back to the little Trevor point, because I know, like, you and I follow it completely. When we talk about uh, those indie directors, right? Colin Trevorrow did Safety Not Guaranteed, Sundance yes. movie. Ben hopped on to a big level, which was um, Jurassic World. Yeah. Record-breaking movie, mm -hmm. right? Uh, who else did we have who just did... Um, I, I guess you can kind of see Ryan Johnson's thing. Of, I mean, Ryan Johnson has a similar trajectory from a little indie bit. to yeah. big mega franchise and in not a huge span of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was somebody else, and I'll, I'll, I'm blinking on I mean, them. you can throw Josh Trank in there until he got <laughs> fired. <laughs> Rest in peace, Josh. Yeah. I still think of you. <laughs> Even Michael B. Jordan's like, nah, 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 don't mention Josh Trank. <laughs> Keep my name out of oh. your mouth. No, I, oh, it's right, it's right at the tip, right at the tip. What do you do? A movie? <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Uh, Pete's Dragon, dude. That, oh, that was right, a, David Lowry. David Lowry, when he went from, uh, he, and he would have something similar, uh, when he was going from Ain't Them Body Saints, and then he, he got uh, Pete's Drag, Dragon, right? And then mm -hmm. he went back down. J just like, uh, I would say the same thing with Avengers and Joss Whedon, when he went back down, and he did that little uh, live adaptation. Um, the, the Shakespeare sh thing. The Shakespeare thing. Lowry exactly. went back a little bit lower, and he did his very personal tale, a ghost story. Mm -hmm. uh, Trevor, yeah, that kind of I, success really frees these filmmakers up to do whatever they want. Whatever they want, pretty much for free, because mm -hmm. they, they've worked with people and they got all these favors. They know more people. Trevor obviously did book a Henry. I'm curious to see what the next step is. What is the next? This is the peak. It's the peak. Uh, it's the yeah. peak for Bozeman. Oh, yeah. Hands down. And, and he's a guy who's kind of been looking for that big starring role. I'm glad you know? he got it. Yeah, because he's he's a really talented actor, and I kind of always felt like he was never in the right project. You, know, you think so? Uh, his, well, I mean, I think he gives a great performance in Get On Up, and the movie is not as good as his performance. I think, I think that's the same case for his work in, like, Marshall or in uh, 42. You know, it's I like, agree, actually, yeah. It's, it's, no, I it's guess all, right. like, showcases for him, but not so much... Movies that deserve that kind of showcase. And I think in Black Panther, you get uh, a nice mix of showcasing his talent and get, giving him a big platform for it. A thousand percent agree. It's going to be very interesting to see where they carry on with their careers outside of Black Panther. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that they have something that has left their mark and left their mark at the box office. So that's dope. Definitely. Yeah, I'm also really glad for Lupita Nyong'o to finally be in a big movie. You know, she was so, so great in 12 Years a Slave. And then there were a few years there where it was like, 
is not Are we going to give her a part? Is yeah, she going to just be CGI Selmer's yeah. characters? I'm glad for her, too. Because she, she's, she's too good to be in this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving on. Ryan Murphy, executive producer of nearly every hit show on Fox and FX, including Glee, 911, uh, American Crime Story, and American Horror Story, is jumping ship for Netflix. In a deal valued at $300 million, Ryan Murphy will spend the next five years developing TV shows, films, and documentaries for the streaming network. This comes just months after Netflix lured Grey's Anatomy scandal and how to get away with murder showrunner Shonda Rhimes away from ABC with her own four-year hundred million dollar deal so art yeah or nay these deals are a bigger loss for the networks than they are a win for Netflix definitely 1000% you just mentioned some of the what were the last three that you mentioned uh so Grey's Anatomy scandal and how to get away with murder which are the most bingeable shows it's the entire Thursday night lineup for ABC right now. I could be wrong. Yeah, the Thursday li- night lineup that gets watched Monday through Sunday by everybody else who binges them on Netflix. And now you got that person to come in and produce even more shows? That's genius. See, this is where, and they never release their stuff, but this is where Netflix looks at what they're, what they're what's making them the most. And they're like, how do we recreate? Buy them. <laughs> By the people. Who Wait, so these. are you are you on the side that this is a bigger loss for the networks or a bigger gain for Netflix? Then, I th- well, I mean, I think it's both. I think it's a big loss for for the networks Certainly because both. who are they going to find to recreate that mm-hmm. stuff? Right? You mentioned the other guy who American Horror Story is one of the things that I always say. Hey, have you seen it? Nobody watches it on FX. Who I know that watch it, they right. watch it on Netflix. Yeah, true, true. So, I mean, so. they're already kind of big hits for Netflix, but now the money is not going to these networks, which is why I feel like this is a huge, huge it loss. It is a huge loss Especially if you're ABC or Fox, which, yeah. you know, we've seen there's fewer and fewer network shows that break through. The last few years, it's kind of been like, this is us? Is the, the good one place kind of big a breakout bit? Yeah, genre? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe some comedies, but yeah, not as much. And these were two people who consistently made shows that got attention. That people now watch weekly. Not, and now, now they're, they're not, not there. there. Yeah, dude. No, and I think it's a positive for Netflix because Netflix has been putting out shows. That, and we've talked about this. Some shows are like, yo, that's good. Trash, 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 yeah. trash, trash. To the net, yo, that's good. trash. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. think getting consistent producers is the next big step for Netflix into having more hits than misses. Right. So I think that's huge for Netflix, too. I think we're going to start seeing a new algorithm going on with Netflix and stuff like that. So Could be a really big deal. Oh, my fruit. Netflix is shifting from their model of releasing an entire season's worth of TV at a time with the upcoming fourth season of in- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Netflix is opting to oh. split season four in half, releasing the first six episodes on May 30th, and then they'll be releasing the rest of season four sometime after in 2018. Art, yay or nay, you think Netflix is switching up its model of releasing things between this, The Joel McHale Show, and others? That's good. Now, I am a big fan because I come from the Lost era, even Game of Thrones, which is what, Game of Thrones Westworld, some of the few that we still have mm-hmm. now. Uh, you mentioned This Is Us, which I think is also, uh, obviously they played with the Super Bowl love. We're finally going to answer your question. I love... The weekliness of it, the, yeah. the having to wait a week, so you have to discuss it and you find a community to talk about it, right? You get together with your family and you watch it, that that moment that it's premiering live. I like that. 
Mm-hmm. I think this is interesting because I I can't the episodic thing. I'm still a little iffy on. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's cool. But Netflix need, needs to come up with something new that can combine that weak factor of it, but then also the binge factor, which is why people have Netflix. Mm-hmm. A half it's, season is perfect. This is what I've been advocating for. I mean, this is what I thought <laughs> they should have been doing with the the last few episodes of Game of Thrones. Like, give us them as you make them or something. Uh-huh. I, no, I think that's pretty dope because then you get to binge like six episodes, have something to talk about, mm-hmm. right? So you're also I mean, getting that. I feel like that's one of the biggest obstacles with, like, my friends in Netflix is, like, oh, have you seen Mindhunter? Yeah, I'm on episode three. Oh, well, I already finished it. We can't mm-hmm. talk about it. A little uh, bit, and, yeah. And being able to split it up and, and give people more time to maybe catch up with the smaller doses, I, I think is better for that's, the viewer. That's the best way to do, yeah. that, but not to mention, I think this is maybe a strategy that they want to implement uh, to lure away other content makers who feel like they need their stuff to not just sort of be dumped on Netflix. Uh, I mean, I feel like if you're somebody who's working on a show like a Breaking Bad or a, a or the Game of Thrones or whatever that has these cliffhangers or lost, you know, mm-hmm. you're losing part of the enjoyment in breaking oh, it. Okay, in, in, in just, just dumping yeah. all 13 episodes. There True. might be, like, what if we get a 13 episodes released over 13 nights kind of special event, something like that. something like that. They open themselves up to a lot of creative ways of releasing content. I think that is part of, that, people don't get that. That is part of the creativity, is the -hmm. the waiting. It's the release model of it. Uh, And I think this way, you know, when you finish a Netflix show, what do you go? Oh, well, that's it. I don't know if we're going to get another one or not. This gives you something to look forward to. Alter Carbon finished. People are like, well, we don't know. And Mm -hmm. Ozark, we don't know at every you know you don't know but this gives you like a oh yeah for sure it's gonna there's gonna be another one i think this is also an interesting move we mentioned how or i brought up during our cloverfield paradox talk how by dropping it right after the super bowl they're kind of doing that thing that tv has done for years where you know you put a big thing that you want people to watch right after another event that a lot of people are watching. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if some of this model is Netflix continuing to try and replace TV. Rather than being like, yeah, you can go to Netflix when you want to catch up on something. You know, Joel McHale, every Sunday, that can be appointment viewing. If there's a new Letterman show on the top of every month, that can be appointment viewing. And it comes to the point where instead of releasing, you know, Kimmy Schmidt on a random week in May, they're releasing a, new shows every other day or you know, yeah. throughout, throughout the year. I think it's cool. I don't want them to get rid of the binge model because that's still a cool way to be like, okay, boom. Yeah. Uh, and there's this probably some shows some... that benefit from it more. Like I think American Vandal, I, I loved binging that one. Exactly, but that was made with that model. I think it's just all going to depend on the model. I don't know that much about Kimmy Schmidt yeah. because it's more of a comedy, so I don't see why to split it. But I think something like Ozark would have been cool to split. I think something like... Um, trying to think of any other show that's out there that 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 they that, probably could have done it to Stranger Things even. I'm glad they didn't, but a, l- a little bit, yeah, yeah, four episodes and four episodes. But them doing it to Kimmy Schmidt season three or whichever what it is shows you mm-hmm. that hey, it doesn't matter if the first two were like that; they're willing to change up anything. So that's that's I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Doing press for her upcoming for her upcoming film Annihilation, Tessa Thompson spoke about her hopes to see a female hero team-up film from Marvel in the near future. Mm -hmm. With Thompson's role as Valkyrie, the women of Black Panther, and Brie Larson's upcoming film, Captain Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is being injected with a bunch of women, but art, 
yay or nay, would you be interested in the Femvengers? Who would they be? I don't necessarily know. I mean, I think the idea is that um, with Black Widow, with Captain Marvel, with, you know, maybe either... Um, uh, what's her name? Dania plays her in um, in Black Panther. Oh, okay, yeah, the Dora Milaje. Yeah, uh, and Valkyrie, and I don't know. Maybe we get another one down the line. Why would they be by themselves? I don't know. I don't know. Do you I get mean, what I mean? That's the thing. Is like, yeah, there's there, there's got to be some motivation. Because I'd say the same there. thing. If it's just guys and there's no girls, I'm like, why? That being said, like you know what Marvel I mean? Marvel finds ways to you know have characters interact when they need to but oh you know. i'm for it i'm for it if the if the if the the characters are able to because we still have yet to see um uh cap what i was supposed to say captain is it captain fantastic captain fantastic's captain the movie marvel? captain marvel is it captain fantastic. we have not seen the woods people coming in um how they're going to work together. I think Tessa right. Thompson showed with her character. That's a good, like, back and forth. I would love to see uh, Donnie's character because she she would definitely be the, uh, what's it called? When you got the funny person and then you got the... Uh, oh, the straight man. The straight kinda, man. She would yeah. play the straight man perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, Black Widow, clearly the... the. I mean, they're all action here, but but Black Widow's like the the, the spy in it. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be interesting to, to see it. I'm just curious how they would implement it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would uh, hope that they wouldn't just do it for the sake of doing it. They'd find a good reason to team up these particular mm -hmm. people or, That's you know, we're now, I think now we're getting to the point where there's enough of them. Oh, I, I guess I didn't even mention uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character too, um, who you could throw in there. Oh, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But like, th there's enough of them that maybe there's like, maybe five of them team up at some point off to this. I don't know. I, I think it could be interesting. There seems to be some uh, some desire from it, at least within the community. I was looking at Tessa's comments, and she was basically saying, like, there's not necessarily a movie in development, but uh, Chris Hemsworth and Mark Ruffalo were big proponents <laughs> of the Thor Ragnarok switch, and that Marvel is good about listening to their actors. So it'd be interesting to see if they kind of try to Jerry rigged some kind of mostly female team up movie. Chris Hemsworth and uh, who do we just say? Who did you just say? Ruffalo. Actually went to Marvel and they were listened to. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, it's it's shows that the company is doing a really good job of utilizing the talent they have around. It's not. Yeah. They're not trying to put people squares into round holes. Yeah, I mean, I think they started off a bit like that, but I think they're what they're good, what yes. they're best at, what a company is best at is learning from their mistakes and switching them. Kind of like Black Panther in the newest movie, you know? I'll say this. While I, I don't know about a team-up, what would be really cool is an episodic series, and they've, they've done this. Comics are known for one-shots. Would that not be cool? Like a 10-episode thing on oh, yeah. Netflix or whatever the Disney thing is going to be? And one where we just follow the Dora Milaje? One where we just follow for the characters that you probably aren't going to give feature films to? Yeah. That would be a pretty dope thing to do. I'm copywriting mm -hmm. it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, talk to Art if you want to develop that, Marvel. Uh, we're going to move on to rough cuts, just some quick hit news topics before we get to our topic of the week. First, the gang is back together for Den of Thieves 
two. We talked about Den of Thieves on episode 15. Uh, we both found it kind of ridiculous, but I think Art had a little bit of fun with it. I uh, did. hope you're excited for another go-around, though. <laughs> STX Entertainment is greenlighting Den of Thieves 2 and bringing back director Christian Goodcast, along with stars Gerard Butler, 50 Cent, and negotiating with O'Shea Jackson Jr. Oh, uh, Den of Thieves... Oh. Den of Thieves heads will note that, no spoilers here, but not every actor who they've apparently talked about bringing back survived Den of Thieves 1. I don't know how they're planning to deal with that, but Art, or nay, you're down for Den of Thieves 2. Well, you know, considering they're bringing back the same director, I just hope they get a good cast. <laughs> uh, but, um... I like how they're doing... <laughs> hey, so, uh, so-and-so make a... Ain't that person that... It's called strategy. <laughs> Maybe they're alive. Remember uh, BVS? Right afterwards, they they said, "Yeah, Superman's come back. He just died." Shh. <laughs> yeah, um, may I like maybe how these are these are superheroes, and we don't didn't realize that in the first installment. Yeah. Everything's part of the supermanic. Super this does not need universe. a part two. This does not need a part two. What are you talking about? This does not need a part two. We talked about this, I think, with another property earlier. What makes Den of Thieves is its ridiculous ending. Mm -hmm. You cannot re-redo the ridiculous ending. Now that you know, you can't... O'Shea's in talks. What are you talking <laughs> Yeah, first of all, no reason to do this if you don't get O'Shea Jackson Jr. back. First yeah. of all. The, and second of yeah. all, like, it, was this really that big of a hit that there's going to be Was demand it? for Den of Thieves 2. I know it made like 70 million at the box office, but like... How do we know they're not lying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I guess all, all the uh, Gerard Butler fans are going to be stoked, though. Melissa uh, yeah. McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish are going to get together in the kitchen. Are, they're setting to team up on a film, but it might not be what you think. The two funny women are going to co-star in, in The Kitchen based on a comic book of the same name about Irish mob wives who are forced to take over the business after the FBI rounds up their husbands. Straight out of Compton co-writer Andrea Burloff is set to make her directorial debut on the project. Art Yarina, you're curious about a crime drama with Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish. Listen, now I can't remember if I've read this. Uh, I like Tiffany Haddish. No, I have not read The Kitchen. Uh, there was there was something similar to it that I, I thought I had read. Um, it is a Vertigo series, so mm -hmm. the property has me intrigued. I don't know if I want to see Melissa McCarthy again doing an action thriller, because I personally wasn't the biggest fan, but I do want right. to see Tiffany Haddish do an action thriller. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how much of an action movie this is. Like, I don't know if I want to see her at the star of a straight action movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Spy is great because it kind of plays into it's her a comedy, comedy, too. Yeah. Uh, I do think it'd be kind of cool to see her as, like, an intense mob wife. You know, not necessarily doing a lot of the action, but just being kind of a boss, you know? If she can do it to... <laughs> Boss, the boss. No, if she not, can, not the boss, a boss. If she can do it, where she's not doing, and I know she's made a, a thing out of this, you know, just like Kevin Hart does it as well. The physicality, you know, making fun of herself that way. I think if she can strip that away and be like, okay, you know how I've done these jokes twenty million times, pause mm -hmm. that and do what you're saying, where she actually can be like an intimidating character, and it be funny off of you know, not making fun of herself. Then I'm down for it. Yeah. I think it would be and cool. I'm I'm also firmly of the belief that comic actors make for great drama actors. They can, yeah. So when you give it, the, it, it just depends on the director and who wanted to work with Tiffany Haddish. Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson directing this franchise. I still need that movie in my life. 
Metallica's James Hetfield is joining Zac Efron's Ted Bundy movie. Hetfield will play Officer Bob Hayward, the first cop to arrest the serial killer. This is set to be the Metallica frontman's acting debut. So, Art, yay or nay, you're intrigued by the Enter Sandman singer having an acting career. Sure. I mean, I think he's got the look for it. I've seen yeah. him in, like, bits when they do promos, and he's actually not bad. Yeah. He's pretty good in the promos. Plus, uh, what's his name? The guy who, uh, Manson, who just had his freak out. <laughs> uh, he's been in movies. Have you seen him? He's actually an actor. Yeah. He's been in a couple things, and I think he does a pretty decent job. So. Yeah, I find a lot of uh, musicians seem to make pretty decent transitions into acting, and he's got a, a gruff, interesting face that I think, uh, mm. you know, when you say he's yeah. going to play a cop, like, definitely, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything Down against it. it. Down for it. Let's see it. Rachel Weiss doesn't want a female Bond because women, quote, should get their own stories. She's currently man to, married to James Bond himself, Mr. Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig, but she says that there should be other movies out there than a female Bond. Women are really fascinating and interesting and should get their own stories. Art, yay or nay, you want to see a female Bond. Oh, okay. I was about to say, because you know my answer to this already. Yeah. I, if you have not read this article, go read it. She makes great points. It's not just saying women shouldn't be bond. She is saying women are better than just being bonded. They can be their own thing. You can create an entire franchise that's going to get its 20-plus half-mediocre <laughs> movies mm -hmm. uh, where they keep recasting it. That's what she was saying, and I 1,000% agree with that. I don't... We don't need no no seconds, and and considering he's a man whore, sloppy seconds. I I agree one thousand percent with what she was saying. 1, yeah, I mean, I I think there's a lot about the James Bond character that is kind of male, uh, and I don't think you necessarily just have to gender flip him for the sake of don't. giving women that kind of representation. Like one thing that I've always been a fan of is the idea that uh, each 007 is a different agent. Uh, playing James Bond, a you know bit. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, like, why not have a 006 movie with a female agent, and you can give it a similar vibe, but have it be its own thing. Uh, I think that would maybe work better. And also, you see in the more recent movies uh, with some of the with some of the female leads being much more badass. Money Penny being pretty badass in the last one. I think that's a better direction to take than gender flipping the whole thing. Hey, we talked about this before. One thousand percent agree with that. So we move on to our topic of the week, where we're going to get into Black Panther with some spoilers, but not yet. So stick with us. We'll uh, get it. We'll warn you when that happens. And you can check the description down below for the time code to skip forward. The movie of the moment, Black Panther, the yes, 18th sir. MCU movie and the last one before May's Avengers Infinity, Infinity War. War. Black Panther stars Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. T'Challa? T'Challa. T'Challa, uh, the king of Wakanda. The, to you, the, sir. Yes, the king of the fictional African nation of Wakanda and inheritor of the Black Panther powers. The film is the first in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe to star a black superhero. Mm -hmm. And although snarky people on the internet will point out that movies like Blade and Hancock beat Black Panther to the punch of black superhero, this movie is undoubtedly the blackest and most African superhero film yeah. that we've seen. Director Ryan Coogler's movie creates a whole African mythology featuring actors like Lupita Nyong'o, Dania Gurira, Latita Wright, and Daniel Kalia as African royalty, and has a villain in Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger that not only has a distinctly African-American perspective to his character, but happens to be one of the best comic book movie villains ever. My Still, agree. 
Black Panther is a Marvel movie and it must fit within Kevin Feige's master plan, both narratively and tonally. So Art, no spoilers for now, but how close to perfect is Black Panther? That's disrespectful right there. I'm not taking your cat punts. I had to get one in. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll avoid him. I was I was hoping maybe someone wouldn't wouldn't have heard that, but I heard it and I cannot it no. Uh I did not expect it to be perfect. Uh yeah. I, I think and, and we've talked about this in the past where when it comes to a minority director or or, or actor or whatever else that when they come up with a movie it needs to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. They can't it, make a mediocre movie. You get movie. a lot of expectations and weight placed on those shoulders. I, I'll start it off with this. You know, people have been, like, hyping this movie up a lot. And then other people are like, you guys are hyping it up, so I got to underhype it. And there's this whole tension to it. If you think the movie's mediocre, then that's fine. Because black people deserve their own mediocre movie. And Mexicans. And everybody deserves their own mediocre movie. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Some people have taken to the point. You mentioned Blade. You mentioned Hancock. Hancock was, like, one of the... I love Hancock. Yeah, I, I think I, Hancock's so, really yeah, I, I think some people have disrespected previous movies because of this, but they still make a point. This is the point that they're trying to make. If you like a team, right, and you've mm-hmm. been waiting for this team to do something, just because another team hasn't uh, has done it, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Because you, you know, when the Eagles, I mean, both, the Eagles both, fans, both on scale and, and just on like production budget, right? There is no comparison between Black Panther and those Exactly, and on top of that, we have this thing called Marvel fanboys and Marvel fanism. So for the people who love Marvel, that's cool that other movies have done it, but this is who they look up to and they, they finally gave it to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's good or bad, if people like it, I'll let them like it. Um, for me... I think there's also something to be said for just the fact that, you know, you see some of these big scenes, these group shots with mm-hmm. extras walking around in the back. And I don't know if I've ever seen a movie on that scale with just so the plethora of black faces in these different types of roles. I mean, that that's a really big argument in this movie's favor. It doesn't necessarily mean the movie's good, but it's a really, oh, yeah. it, it's, yeah, 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 it yeah. makes the movie a really great uh, piece of representation Those and people. something that is strikingly unique. Like It's worth noting how unique that is mm-hmm. in the scheme of these big-budget movies. Now, I'm sure you and I agree. Uh, you know, Everyone's making a big deal. Some people are like, why are you making it such a big deal? I'm, I'm waiting for the point where you're right, when it's not a big deal. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? When it, another one just comes out and he's like, oh, yeah. And just like this one, you can judge it. Uh, if you don't like it, that's completely fine. I, I, know, I don't want to speak for everyone or Strauma and anyone, but I know that there are some people who like feel bad for not liking it. No, it's still a movie. And yeah. for the people who do like it, love it. I can't be your favorite movie of the year yet because we still got a long way to go. But uh, in terms of a movie, I I think it's a solid movie. I I mm-hmm. still think that just like every other Marvel movie, um, not the not the biggest fan of the CGI. Yeah. When when they keep going, I've seen around. a lot of people complaining about the CGI, and there are points where it's like very obviously fake. Oh, I saw I'm... it in Dolby, so yeah, I can tell. <laughs> But I'm also, for me, I'm also, like, I, I don't believe that there's actually two people falling through the air in Black Panther suits fighting each other. So I do. Should have been I, only go, I only go so far with having bad CGI uh, take me out of a movie, I guess. But, uh, I mean, for me, it's still, still the story. I, uh, as a huge fan of Ryan Coogler, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, what he does with Fruitville Station and what he does specifically with Creed and those little set pieces that you follow with the characters, I think that... In this movie, when you get those action set pieces, it takes away from what Ryan Coogler does best, in my opinion. 
that's why I bring up the CGI, and and I also bring up that thing with Marvel characters where it's a lot of things that they need to uh, cover for world building, which I know some people like, and that's dope. I like when we get into the themes of the movie, and that's why to me the first half of the movie is like, all right, that's cool, we're getting into this world, and I know people love it. For mm-hmm. me, it's when uh, Eric Killmonger comes in. I'm not yeah. a fan of hibernating my man for 40 minutes like I brought up. I, I wish he was in there longer. I wish Claw was in there longer. Yeah, I mean, Dude, well, he I, is dope. So I think this, I mean, we can get a little bit more into, do, do, should we launch into spoilers or should we talk a little bit more broadly first? Uh, we could do a little bit more broadly. That wasn't so much okay. a spoiler. It's yeah. a two hour something movie. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it was it was nice that the movie was able to have two really interesting villains. I think there's a lot of superhero movies where uh, it fails to balance their storylines, and this it what found a way to uh, give you a lot of both. Although I could even I could have even used more of both. What was the movie that had like 20 bad guys in it? There was a superhero movie that had like 50. What Amazing bad... Spider-Man 2 or something? Amazing Spider-Man 2 had like five bad guys. <laughs> And the, the producer shows up for five minutes. And the producers, they were the main, main bad guys. But, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, for this movie, I thought that balanced out perfectly, especially the dynamic between the two bad guys and how they were, like, kind of, you know, maybe in a sense working together, using each other. But how that leads up to uh, Black Panther and his interaction with the bad guy. Right. I think what makes it good, and I'm curious to know your thoughts because a, a lot has been said about the acting of Michael B. Jordan, because I love the character. How do you feel about him having that straight up, I've been calling it the Vic Mensa accent, just coming in, angry as can be, even though he was in the military and, and went through all this training and whatnot? I mean, he still is that Oakland kid, but what yeah. did you think of him like taking over as Prince of, or King of Wakanda and still being like, ma'am, F this, F, I didn't say F, but uh, <laughs> swear, swearing out uh, T'Challa when he comes back. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that it's part of the attitude. It's part of, uh, he, he's very much talking about representing a culture, and I think it's very much of a culture. Uh, like like you talk about it, uh, hip-hop, like it's got that kind of That's like, what I figured aggressive it was, yeah. posturing thing to exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, you have to remember that, I, mean, I think one thing that is really, really interesting about the Eric Killmonger character is he's very much coming from the African-American perspective. Yeah. He's coming from the perspective of, of going through what uh, people have gone through here in America and bringing that with him to uh, Wakanda to, to to carry the the burden that a lot of black people in this country have faced. So I think that that type of posturing, the type of accent, I think it makes sense for uh, given his background and given what we see of his upbringing in the movie. I, I wanted to ask you how unique did you feel Black Panther was in relation to the rest of the MCU? We mentioned how there's like a plethora of black faces, which is its own unique thing. And there is some of that same cheesy Marvel sense of humor. What are those in there? But uh, did you find this movie different than most of the Marvel films or kind of in line with them? Uh, I, Thor is like the only other one where we've got in a world, right? And yeah. I mean, no spoilers for Asgard and how that doesn't matter anymore, but Asgard wasn't that dope of a place, but you also didn't, for me, I didn't really, it was just like, oh, it's mystical. Okay, yeah, but like, what's the feeling of Asgard? Right. What are the, what are the people like in Asgard? What do they do? I, I think you get that more in, in Wakanda. You understand it a bit more. Um, I thought it was interesting the that way being that... being transported to another place. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, especially when when, it, when you get to the after credits scenes where I think we can jump a little bit more into a little bit slight spoilers. 
more yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, we, we can throw up a, you, yeah. you don't want to hear any spoilers. Y'all have We kind of talked it. about our broad feelings, so uh, hit that descri description fifth down below biggest, for the time code. Fifth biggest opening. Y'all have seen this. I know everyone's yeah, seen yeah. this movie if you're watching this video. So we're just, you know, we're talking about it. Uh, and Definitely comment down below. Uh, that was, The idea of opening up Wakanda. Yes. To more people. Maybe, and I think you still get it with it being a two-hour movie, but the, the length of time that Wakanda has been its own thing, and now it's opening. I think you still right. feel it in the movie, but it would have been interesting if we would have seen it more or heard about it more. I think we, you know, we got introduced to it in Civil War, but the impact of how big of a decision that is to reveal to everyone, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> there's a whole other place you guys have never heard about. Yeah, and you know we're gonna go back to Wakanda in Infinity War, so it will be interesting to see what kind of blows the up invasion of these other elements is That's really gonna change it and maybe ruin Wakanda for a little while. But right. I It'd be great. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'd be down to see more adventures there. I mean, I think one thing that's really cool about it is that it wasn't just, it, you know, even with Asgard, it kind of was like all, all the all the godly people and then like the one or two traders. Whereas you get a lot of different layers to this whole Wakanda thing. Five you have the tribes, tribes, yeah. You have Kaluya's tribe and you have the mountain tribe. And it's really cool. Uh, I'd love to see some more of, of that stuff, too. Let me, uh, let, let, me, let me hit you with a question because I have I had this brought up about people calling uh, Wakanda a fictional place, which <laughs> it is a fictional place. But yeah, so, so is Westeros. Exactly. Uh, now, I have a, I've heard different things brought up about how um, for such a technologically advanced society. They're very barbaric in the way that they choose king. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, the, people have been arguing that like. For an advanced for an advanced civilization, that it's weird that they have this ritual ceremony for uh, choosing who's king. I think it's worth noting that basically every tribe passed up the right to challenge them. Like there seems to be some order there for the most part. Yeah, uh, and even when they he, there was a challenger, he yielded. They're not like bloodthirsty. They're right. doing. They're kind of asserting themselves and. You know, we're in the most advanced civilization in the world, and we're not getting rid of our guns. So, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's not exactly that big of a difference. That's what, when I heard that, I'm like, but Afghanistan, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if we can't ban AR-15s, then I don't know why people are complaining about ritual death ceremonies. Yeah, of course. That's That was one of the aspects of the movie, that the country makes wrong decisions, right? Like yeah. keeping its borders and not building bridges. Like not helping other people. Like yeah. doing something like that where they can easily be unstable and fall apart. You can be an advanced civilization and not always be right. Yeah. So some people had also question like what at the end when the guy pretty much, you know, he opens up Wakanda is a place we want to help out other people. And as you know, everyone thinks Wakanda is a poor place. So that one dude in the after credits is like, what do you have to offer? Right. Some people, yeah, like, what the heck gives that you, look. are you giving us back the money for the feed the children? Uh, <laughs> some people are like, what does Wakanda have to offer? Vibranium. I think some people, I thought maybe, maybe it's cause I know the comics a bit more, but the power of vibranium, the, how vibranium, like, I don't know if you noticed, like it's not just for technology. It's also the way it can handle elements. It's also mm -hmm. how they digest it and it gives them powers, right? Yeah. Like there's, I mean, I also think just the ability to cure people of bullet wounds would be useful alone. outside of Wakanda. <laughs> exactly. Like this is an element that is, is huge. Like it, it, it does so many things. Um, so that would be like the one thing that 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 obviously makes them useful. How that's going to affect Infinity War? My joke was that 
they fi- after thousands of years they finally reveal that Wakanda's a place, then Thanos goes and crushes it. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. But I have heard people say, because as we get to the ideology of Killmonger, Killmonger brings up that uh, ev- there's a bunch of blacks in the world, right? And we're all suffering and Wakanda could help out and they don't. Mm-hmm. And some people have been like, yo, exactly. Why doesn't Africa help out? Not realizing that, again, Wakanda is a fictional place. There's actually not a place in Africa that has yeah. all this. There's blood that has diamonds. all the secret wealth to share. Yeah, there's blood diamonds, but you can't swallow a blood diamond and be healed. Um, that being said, I thought it was interesting that uh, Wakanda is only Wakanda because that's where the asteroid fell. <laughs> I thought that was a little interesting. Like that's, that. Imagine if it fell somewhere else. Right. Can you imagine if it landed in Ireland? <laughs> and how Ireland has their own, like, I don't I don't even know what the Ireland equivalent uh, a name would be. Then we get this, like, leprechaun of a superhero that's got to come Panther. out. The Green Panther. The Green Panther. I wanted to circle back to the villains that we talked about uh, previously because I think it's interesting. We both liked both of the villains. I thought Claw, yeah. uh, played by Andy Serkis, was... Really good, but then again, spoiler section, he gets shot. Literally by cut out too early, yeah. About like an hour into the movie, I want to say. And from that point on, it is pretty much all uh, on the Killmonger villain plot. And for me, I thought that was just kind of interesting comparing it to the way that a lot of other films try and do the super two villains thing. You take like The Dark Knight, for example, which while The Dark Knight is really good, I don't think it handled hey. the two villains thing. Hey, good. calm yourself. Uh, I think that what makes it work a little bit better is that the sort of smaller villain, the lesser villain, is who we're introduced to first, and then the meat of the movie is on the person we really care about. Uh, The way that, you know, the Joker was kind of the big bad in The Dark Knight, but we ended up spending a lot of time with Harvey Dent at the end, I think maybe flipping that, the way that Black Panther does, is kind of a solution to this two-villain problem. Maybe. I mean, I like the I, I like I like the one in the Dark Knight because spoilers for those who haven't seen a 2008 movie. He kind of yeah. creates Harvey Dent, like yeah, Harvey yeah, yeah. Dent is his experiment. But I get what you're saying because in here, uh, there's the argument that Harvey wasn't given enough time in that movie, which is an argument I buy. You live long enough, you become the you become the villain. <laughs> uh, he got shot off screen. Claw got shot off screen. And maybe that means something. I don't know. I mean, the man got his arm chopped off. He still lived. Didn't bleed out. So maybe he comes back. But uh, I do think that that act alone elevates Killmonger. Even when he shot the when he shot his body. Oh, this man cold. This man's uh, this man's. Who am I thinking of? Kills his family. Oh, uh, Kaiser Soze. <laughs> this man Kaiser Soze right there. He's like, forget you. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this man. This man don't care right now. He does yeah. it to himself. That ending, literally with Killmonger, when when uh, when when his own cousin's like, "Yo, dude, like, bro, let's go eat. <laughs> let's go eat some you. vibranium. I hope you out. We we got you in the sequel, man." And he's like, "Nah." What is he? Say? And I even wrote wrote it down when he's just like, "I'd he, uh, throw, throw me, me in, in the, the ocean, ocean with my ancestors who were willing to jump <laughs> because they the knew ships. death was better than bondage." Yeah. And then he for the watched himself. Ooh. Ooh. 
And, and that's one of the things that I think makes Killmonger maybe the best villain that Marvel has produced. Because it, I think a great villain is someone whose cause you understand, who you can you can empathize with their frustrations or anger, and it's just their methods that you're uh, you disagree with. <laughs> exactly. You know? There was one point where he's just like all these. People, he's telling you like what the problem is, and he's like, "Well, I mean, I can't. I mean, it's true. I mean, you, we just yeah, saw his, this flashback." His big idea is like, "Let's take all this technology and give it to the people who have nothing, so they can do." something with right. it. Right, but then Great. he also says And then use it to kill people. Wait, 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 wait. You should have stopped that sentence. Wait a minute. He's like, because there's no way to change. He ain't right, right? <laughs> I love, what did you think about him being so... Like, there's there has to be a version of the script where Killmonger straight up said, and destroy all white people. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Not sure that works in a Disney Colonizer, movie. okay? Yeah. They whited it out. Colonizer. I mean, it's both Control F. <laughs> it's just dubbed he's saying wipe it he goes colonizer colonizer um i think i think having the villain have that i think it's a very ballsy plot mm -hmm. that's why i find it or theme motivation whatever you want to call it that's why i think it's so interesting when people go why does this movie have to be political because the main villain's whole thing is saying how black people are, his his dad says it uh this is us guy because that's the whole idea wakanda is all about themselves. That's how they create a, a really good society, right? With no problems for the most part until it's like right. challenging day. But they're oblivious to all the other problems. And it's not until they go out and they have uh, spies out there that, you know, as you figure out, he's a spy for Wakanda, but he falls in love, has a kid. He figures out that there's like no way for the people there to help themselves out. And he brings them some good points. And, you know, that leaks down to his son. who His son's like, bro, you weren't raised in Oakland. You're here in Wakanda. Well, look at this. Look at this place. Look at these sunsets. So I think the fact that you sympathize with him, you know, the last villain that I sympathized this much with was Malekith the Destroyer in Dark 2. I mean, uh, for me, I, I thought back to, like, Syndrome oh, uh, well, from The well, Incredibles. Okay, yeah, that's a, but that's, like a, that's, that's a good, that's a good example. Yeah, that's a good example right there. <laughs> um... um I wanted to bring back the like that idea of it being political. I mean, I think I, I understand why people are like keep my po keep politics out of my superhero movies, but I don't know how much it is political as much as it is factual. You know, <laughs> like the things he's talking about are aren't like do you have an opinion on it? The things he's talking about are what has happened. Oh no! See, this is where you're confused, my friend, and I don't mean to be because I'm a I, I'm an SJW. Nazi clan. I've read your dem comments. Democratic. Yeah, I'm all over the place, right? So I'm allowed to say it. Uh, when people say, don't be political, what they mean is, oh, I disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, moment I don't want to talk about that. Oh, I don't yeah, want to yeah, think yeah, about yeah. that. But, but here, you watch this other video where I'm saying what you do want to hear, and then it's not political. Exactly. That's what they mean. When they say, exactly. it, they say don't all get All the political. celebrities who talk about politics should shut up, except should, for the ones that I Except for the ones with. that I agree with. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, did you see any of the twists coming? Well, I, I knew Killmonger, so you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean... Not him shooting. The fact that it was the uncle and the son. Did you, did you oh, know all that because of the mythology? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess seeing seeing the kid, I did not think he would be the kid. Mm. I guess that that kind of caught me off guard. I thought that was cool going back to him, sort of like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I seeing that was a, a cool scene. Yeah, too. seeing a scene twice and going like, ooh. And I loved, loved the pseudo flashback scenes in the afterlife when they talk to their fathers. That was cool. 
Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, for me, I saw the Forrest Whitaker being Forrest Whitaker Jr. twist coming well, because the... I recognized the actors. Because <laughs> the droop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's sort of an interest. Like, it's both good casting and, like, is a it slight not tip his of the son? Because I know they're yeah, both Whitaker. It is his son, then. It's his son. That's what I said. Someone told me it was, and I'm like, nah, it's his son. He's the yeah. great debater, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I thought that was good casting, and I also thought... Um, the casting for T'Chaka, the dad. When he came out, I laughed because I said, Marvel at it again, just trying to... That's clearly Bozeman. <laughs> I go on yeah, IMDb. That, was good casting. that is another dude mm-hmm. who looks just like freaking Chadwick Bozeman. Looks like he could be his father. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. I thought they legit just, 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 uh, anti, <laughs> make yeah, exactly. I was like, wow, you guys are pathetic Benjamin here. And then, I, and, then, and then I realized, oh shoot, that's another actor. I Did that you have any good. favorite, uh, characters? Probably. Oh, I, I know we both really Killmonger. thought Killmonger was great, but aside from Killmonger, anybody else you loved? Um, I've said Killmonger, I, uh, I thought was the best. I think that, uh, the best actors in the movie, obviously Lupita is the best in anything that she's in, but I mm-hmm. really loved, um, the Dora Milaje. I, I, yeah. I'm blanking on her name, but uh, Michonne. Most most of us know is that Michonne. Yeah, um, I have it here, but I'm really bad at pronouncing it. Denai Guerrera. Denai Guerrera. And um, Claw. Honestly, I really like seeing... Uh, what am I blinking on his name? Andy Serkis. Yeah, one of the two white dudes <laughs> in actual real roles when he's not CGI. He's fantastic at CGI. Mm-hmm. But I, he's a really good actor, too. Th- th- every time I see him, comfortable. I have... He just, he's so comfortable Mm -hmm. in his roles. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'll be completely honest. Besides Forrest and Lupita and uh, Danae, everyone else with the accents, we're trying really, and this isn't like, these, watch their interviews. They tell you, dang, those accents. We had to shoot other movies just to practice the accents. Uh, The Messenger for the King one that Chadwick's got online. That movie, he has said it. That movie was just an audition for Black Panther. It was him <laughs> testing out the accent. That dialect coach should have gotten him for his billing. Um, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is really the only one who knows how to do the accents like perfectly well, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But Claw, dude, dude, he's just so comfortable. Like, he was having fun with it. He was mm-hmm. having fun with it. So yeah, I like. You can I like tell that him. he was really leaning into the character. That's why when he died, for Andy when he died, I was like, bruh, but he was so much fun on screen. Yeah, I wasn't done with him. I want to see a SoundCloud link. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought Latita Wright was kind of delightful. I mean, she has some of the mm-hmm. cheesiest lines in the movie, but I don't think that's a, that's her fault. You it, know, it's I not her she fault. She did a lot with them. I'm rooting a lot for her because, as you know, uh, she was just in, uh, she was in the last episode of Black Mirror, but mm-hmm. I had also just seen her in the train movie with Liam Neeson, The Commuter. Oh, yeah. So she's getting little roles here. This is obviously a really big role, and I think it's a role that a lot of people are gonna, going to attach themselves to. Obviously, as a Batman fan, Oracle, she's got that Oracle-like <laughs> character, yeah. and and they beat DC to it, right? Yeah. No, I'm. I mean, you you mentioned Batman. I mean, she's basically like the Robin of this movie in a way. Exactly. Uh, and there's there's talks about how this character in the comics eventually grows into Black Panther. So maybe that's in her future. Uh, oh. But regardless, I do think she's going to get a lot of big roles off of this, having such a prominent role in yeah. such a big movie. Uh, so I guess in summation, are, are there things that you didn't touch on, things that you liked, didn't like? Uh, I mean, in terms of the movie, just like I said, I think it it's 
it, it's still a Marvel movie. It plays into the some of the Marvel tropes. I'm curious mm-hmm. how it plays into the bigger picture of it. I'm curious how they handle the sequel. I'm curious how Black Panther himself is an Infinity War. Because so far for me, Civil War is the best rendition of Black Panther. And I know exactly why. It's because he has that anger to him. He's there mm-hmm. to prove something. And in this one, he's, you know, he's trying to become king, but... It was the yeah, same I mean, as he was in Civil As War. much as I like Bozeman, I did think that they made T'Challa a little bland in this movie. He was kind of Captain America do-gooder without the, like, man-out-of-time kind of fun cook to him. Exactly. And I it mean, gave a lot of room for all the characters around him to have uh, some fun character yeah, development. And he was but so good. I don't know if he necessarily had the most to do. Exactly. Uh, that's why I say, like, my favorite characters were the ones that were the supporting characters, the ones who were really driving the thing along. So that's why I'm curious to see where the sequel and where he goes in Infinity War. But uh, people like making their Marvel list, wherever you have it, if it's lower than mine, if it's higher than mine, that's cool. For me, uh, I have to see it again. I have it Mm -hmm. at like six or seven for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely top five, but... Yeah, because you've only seen five Marvel movies. (laughs) I also have missed a couple, and I'm just, you know, I'm not a Marvel guy. It's not... This is as much as I do think that this was one of the better Marvel films, and there's a lot of things to uh, extol about it. You know, we've talked about so many things that we've liked about it, and we, neither of us have said the word "war rhino" out loud yet. <laughs> so you really uh, like those? Yeah, man. How can you not like a battle rhino? Look, get out of here. I I'm only defending them because I grew up with Power Rangers and the Megazord. <laughs> I understand the concept. <laughs> But, I mean, it was okay. I like how the I, other guys are the Dothraki. Yeah. They just come in. Th- that was another cool element. Since if we talk about the fifth tribe, I like that. I thought that was cool. Where, where that, he could have tribe? easily drank the thing and become the new Black Panther, and he didn't. I thought that was cool. Yeah. No, I thought the way that they handled that whole section without Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. was pretty good, yeah. you know? Oh, and it, that, it gave and, a lot of the female characters yeah. really important roles in the film, and it gave it brought that character yeah. back in a way that was unexpected. He's going to be in Infinity War 2. I thought that was cool. I kind of spoiled it for yeah. myself. I looked him up. I was like, oh, that'll be interesting. It'll be cool to mm-hmm. see him there. Yeah, so I'm excited to see all of those, uh, those characters return. Uh, I'm excited to see them give a little bit more to Chadwick Boseman in the future. Like mm-hmm. you, uh, I think that the way that this movie isn't great is in the ways that it sort of falls into the stereotypical uh, yeah. Marvel beats. Yeah, it's in still Marvel. Yeah, it's cool. There's not a whole lot of tension in that you don't really ever think that things are going to go badly for most of these characters. And uh, I think there is a little bit of like choppiness to the pace. Uh, but bit. that's kind of the case for most of these Marvel films. It's a long movie. But I think there's just a lot of enjoyable aspects to it and a lot of interesting things to think about. So, uh, And we've talked about before how many of the Marvel villains are forgettable. This was not I one of them. Michael B. Jordan so cool in this movie. The whole design. I, I love jacket. the hair, too. His hair was yeah, dope. Go, he goes from Vic Mensa to Quavo or something. But <laughs> I brought up the Vic Mensa. I have not brought up the Quavo. <laughs> His jacket was cool, too. I really like his jacket. The first jacket that he has. And his his gold black panther suit. I thought the purple was dope. Nah. I, I better not see any purple black panther suits for Halloween. Y'all better be going in the gold one. Because the gold one was crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a nice one. Uh, so it's easy to see that Black Panther was a hotly anticipated movie, mm-hmm. and I think ultimately you have to hand it to Ryan Coogler. That That's between this and Creed, he's delivered on sky-high expectations at the helm of iconic franchises. I can't see, I can't wait to see what Coogler does next, especially if it's something original, because uh, it's been a little while since he's given us something like that. But for now, 
we should move on to our final segment of the week, the new to see, starting with what's new in theaters. February 23rd, Annihilation. This Ooh, is the latest from go. Ex Machina writer-director Alex Garland, Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, Oscar Isaac, all in this one. I cannot wait. This, this one I might see opening night. Oh, you haven't seen it? You have seen it? Dude, it is... No, I've not seen it. I wish. Uh, the, the screening for it was on Wednesday, which is like, oh, okay. I might as well just see it Thursday, right? Like, I want to see this in a big screen. We've talked about the... That sound? Yeah. I got to see this. And It sucks that Black Panther came out. Because that's taking over all the IMAX and Dolby's. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of wanted to see this in a big screen. But no, dude, I am really excited for this one. Yeah, I mean, the, there's that press that we talked about earlier about how the studios were worried the movie was too smart. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's... And, and what we brought up a couple weeks back, if y'all follow the intercut, when they said that you got to change it. And our boy was like... Nah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? And we said, it's like, if a movie's going to be bad, we'd rather it be bad because of the director's original vision, not because someone meddled with it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Also out this weekend, Game Night. This is a mystery comedy hybrid with Jesse Plemons, Rachel McAdams, yep. Jason Bateman. Comes from the co-writers of Spider-Man Homecoming, who are directing this one. They also previously directed the Vacation Reboot. Uh, Art, have you seen this one yet? Or yeah, no? they, uh, there's like a huge AMC event, so I think like a couple people have seen it. Uh, it's dumb fun. It's a little, yeah. it's a little too dumb than I want it to be. But it's just like, okay, you enjoy it. The more you think about it, the dumber it is. Right. The ending is funny, but it's really, really dumb, and it it really doesn't make any sense the more you think about it. But it's dumb fun. The Frito Lay joke, which happens earlier in the movie, is probably is probably the standout. And they know it because they bring it up later at the end in a little Easter egg, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool, so look out for that. Frito Lay joke and Jesse Plemons. Best in the movie. I feel like the vibe of this trailer is a little bit horrible bosses. Is it better or worse than that? Ooh, it's a little bit like horrible bosses. But better, even horrible more? bosses makes more it's more logical. If I okay. put it like, you know, horrible bosses is a little absurd. This is yeah. just like you go to the doctor's office and the doctor wants to sleep with your brother. Kind of like that's the world we're in. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Very broad. Very we're broad. we're in a comedy world here, yeah. Cool. New to streaming on Netflix, February 21st, Lincoln, the Steven Spielberg movie that won Daniel Day-Lewis, one of them Oscars mm-hmm. he's got. It's on February 21st. Uh, February 23rd, same day that we're getting Annihilation, we're also getting another really interesting sci-fi movie. This one is Mute. It's Duncan Jones' oh. long sci-fi, fo- long-awaited sci-fi follow-up to Moon, starring Alexander Skarsgård. Wait, follow-up? Or s- yeah, so like- it's set in the same world, but it's not. Like, I, I'm not sure if Sam Rockwell plays a character. It's a but his character movie. is in the world of Mute. It's a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> <laughs> These damn tight ads are everywhere. Wait, so is this coming out VOD? Uh, this is Netflix. This is going to be Netflix February 23rd, bro. And this is a project that uh, Duncan Jones has been kicking around for a while. He wanted to do this one following Moon, ended up doing Source Code, ended up on Wait, that like. World of Warcraft movie. I don't and like. it, the budget has been kind of like getting bigger and bigger. So I'm, I'm really curious. There's some really sick concept art out for this movie. So uh, it's kind of been the one that he's been hoping to do for a while. And uh, usually those I ones just, turn into I interesting just, projects. Our last Netflix sci-fi wasn't good. I hope this one is. <laughs> Uh, also out on February 23rd, it's Seven Seconds, a, a miniseries starring Regina King uh, about racial tensions exploding in a northeast town when a white cop 
hits a black teenager. It sounds like something that will get a lot of th people talking in think pieces and stuff. Uh, it looks kind of interesting, though, so I might check out that miniseries, also available on February 23rd. And one more thing from Netflix, February 23rd, Ugly Delicious. It's a docuseries starring the world-renowned chef David Chang. Uh, it's from the Oscar-winning director of 20 Feet to Stardom. I think their oh. concept is similar to like an Anthony Bourdain show, going around the world, eating foods. But David Chang is a pretty enjoyable show host. So if you're into great foods and foodie kind of stuff, I I'd recommend checking that show out on February 23rd. It's interesting. Hulu, February 23rd. Catherine Bigelow's Detroit. Wow. Uh, I think... Uh, what, what's his name? Will Poulter had one of your favorite performances from last Yo, year. Will Poulter, right? yeah, favorite performance, which I hate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, an effective performance. An effective performance. Exactly. There you go. On HBO Go, uh, nothing big coming, but leaving on February 27th, Batman v Superman, Dawn of no! Justice. So if you uh, want some more Martha in your life, you got to get that in quick. On Amazon, February 23rd, The Tick, Season 1B. So if you uh, like the first half of The Tick, or if you were waiting for the whole thing to be out to binge it, it is available for you now. Okay. New to VOD on February 20th, Daddy's Home 2. Trash. <laughs> Art's thrilled. Trash. And then Thor Ragnarok. I actually really want to catch up with the... Not catch up with... So I saw it. I want to watch it again. Uh, this is one of the movies that I think is going to be a lot of fun to yeah. kind of have on while I sit in the living room and eat snacks, so... I want to watch it again because I feel like I need to make a follow-up video to it because a lot of people have been disrespecting Thor, saying that nothing happens in that movie. Mm, Y'all wrong. I don't, what movie were we watching? Some people, I guess, laughed too hard that they forgot stuff happened. <laughs> right. My man is literally like 50 pounds lighter by the end of the movie. <laughs> Things happen. Uh, so, uh, Art, do you have a pick for the week? My pick for the week, I am going to have it be... Black Panther. <laughs> I was thinking of a Netflix thing, but I'm going to have it be Black Panther. If, yeah. if you don't got the money to go watch Black Panther, I don't got a Netflix pick for you, but I do have an album for you guys to listen to. It's the same album we saw last week. Listen to it because what they've been doing is putting out a music video for all of them. So YouTube is also free to stream. Skip the ads if you want to, but they're putting out music videos. Did you see King's Dead's music video? Yeah, man. Ooh, the roof Those scene is dope. Shots. The palm trees and the roof one. I thought was dope. Zooming in on, on each one of them in a different room. Oh, yeah. The roof one was yeah. dope. Doing the views thing. Yeah, uh, I can't tell I like how lot. real that was because they're, so, oh, they're so crisp there. You know, it's definitely right? some, some it seems like stuff it going seems, on. I yeah, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty dope. Uh, so, yeah. All Black Panther. I'm Black Panther. We keep it in Black Panther. Yeah, uh, can't go wrong with Black Panther, but if you're one of the many, many, many people in America that's already seen Black Panther, Watch go check out Annihilation, man. I, I don't oh, think yes, you'll be let down. Buzz on Annihilation is really, really good if you're into smart sci-fi, if you're into good acting. I mean, you got Natalie Portman and great people around her. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think Alex Garland is one of our uh, up-and-coming really interesting Thinking, filmmakers. Yeah. So if, you're, if you want that kind of movie, maybe check out Ex Machina on VOD, and then check out Annihilation when that one hits theaters. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's all for this week's show. But hey, episode 20 of Intercut Next is just week. a week away, and we want to answer your questions. So please leave a comment on YouTube, send us a tweet, comment on our Facebook, do what you need to to get in touch with us and send us your movie TV or entertainment questions. We'll do our best to answer all of them on next week's show. 
Until then, you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or Instagram as well, at ZShevich. And check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash multiplexshowart. Where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course YouTube. I uh, got some videos up there, which you can watch <laughs> as well. I, I do it occasionally. Yeah, I watch some of them on too. There's a Black Panther up on, uh, on your channel right now, right? Yeah, there's a couple things in Black Panther. I have a collab video as well, which you can check out about the uh, album that I did with a guy named Thought. You can go check out his stuff over there. Got my own Black Panther video. But of course, we always talk weekly right here on the Intercut. So you can just stick around right here. You can listen to us on different places. You can watch us on this place right here. Where Absolutely. else? Absolutely. Uh, you can listen to every episode of SoundCloud of the podcast. Ugh. I need to take that all back because my mouth got <laughs> jarbled. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. We're so, your favorite podcatcher will have it too. Mm-hmm. It's the RSS feed. That's a beautiful thing. I listen to it in Overcast. So make sure to subscribe to uh, whatever on... Oh, whatever, shit, whatever you... Fuck. What happened? <laughs> Just keep that in. <laughs> Cam- camera. All right. So make sure to subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you use, as well as our YouTube channel. Hopefully you're watching our bright, beautiful faces now. Uh, it adds a little bit to see us talking here, interacting. Mm-hmm. So make sure Act to check us out. YouTube.com Intercut Pod. Intercut Pod is the handle to find us all over the internet on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages. It's all Intercut Pod, at Intercut Pod. So yes, check sir. those out for updates throughout the week from Art and from myself. But again, thanks for tuning in. And remember, until next time, Conda forever. Everybody's doing it. We got to do it too, I think. No, don't forget your questions for next week.